Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, so before we start today's episode, I just feel like it's very appropriate to acknowledge what's happening in our world and the horrendous uh, situation that happened in Uvalde and all of the lives that were lost. I want to send my condolences and my thoughts and my prayers uh, to everyone involved, all of the families. I think it's without being said that this has touched everyone, the entire world. And I think that we can all agree that no lives should be lost in such a way. I don't like to speak politics on here. I never have. Um, but I think this goes beyond politics. I think this is just about humanity at this point. And I I'm not going to get into my views on any of this, but I do feel as though something needs to change. I've posted it on my Instagram on ways that we uh, can help if that's something that you're interested in doing. If it's not and all you want to do is pray, that's totally fine. If you feel like you need to do more, that's great. Um, There's definitely resources out there of places that you can uh, donate money, um, people you can call, uh, ways to make a difference. And I think that, you know, It's so important that we all, as one, come together um, to make change. That's the only way change happens. I think we can all agree with that. Um, So if you say that, oh, well, my my one call isn't going to do anything, or my my one, you know, vote, my one this doesn't do anything, then imagine if we all thought that, then nothing would change. We just let, we just, we would be in a dictatorship, (laughs) and we don't want that, so... Your voice matters, and and I think that we are doing our kids a disservice, and we're letting them down by not speaking up and not saying what we think is the right thing to do. There's definitely more to do, and I hope that you find it in your heart to to just um, send positive thoughts, make that one change, uh, take that one step to possibly help our kids' futures and, and the next generation, and honestly, this generation too, adults, children, the innocent, um, people with mental health. We just need to do better. We need we need to do better because this is just horrific, and it's just, it's incredibly painful, and I don't think any of us, um, you know, care to lose anyone in our lives. So we will continue the show. 
we will have a good time. I know that sometimes listening to all of this um, can be very draining. So it's nice to have an outlet. It's nice to listen to music or listen to a podcast or, um, you know, watch something uplifting. We have the privilege of doing that. Um, unlike some of these families that don't, and I'm well aware of it. So I'm not trying to be tone deaf in any way. Same with my Instagram. I'm, I, it's, it's such a weird uh, space to be in because, you know, you want to, you still want to continue with your life and also feel like, hey, it's okay to um, bring people along your, you know, your journey or like, you know, I'm, I'm showing on my Instagram, um, you know, the home renovations and, and such. And it just feels odd, right? Because I'm like every, like there are people that are hurting right now and, and yet I'm over here like, oh, here's, you know, here's paint colors and it's just, oh, it feels so weird. But I know that sometimes it's okay. So it's just figuring out that balance and I don't know, now I'm going on a tangent, but you guys understand what I'm saying. It's such a tough situation, but we are all in this together and we will get through this together. And um, I hope that today's episode can make you laugh a little bit and just entertain you for, for an hour. So with that said, enjoy the show. Uh, Mary Carol, who she's not a client here and she has no $28 million investment account. So he hangs up the phone and he's like, oh, like we've been defrauded. No. We heard that he died in the dental chair. No, in the dental chair? (laughs) Yes. And so I'm like, okay, hold on. She brought him a pie. (laughs) (laughs) She laced it with like that movie, The Help. I don't understand why everybody gets so excited to bring Fancy Pants back. To me, I think she has the biggest stick up her ass and she's so boring. (laughs) I absolutely love it, but if I'm being honest, I've been done a few times. But uh, but it always goes away. It's just so heavy. It is so heavy, and especially when somebody has an opinion. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humble and Hungry. I'm your friend, Natalie Poucher. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, I heard you loud and clear. Sam's episode triggered some of you. (laughs) Some in the best way possible. But it brought up a good conversation about the After Dark episodes. And I put a poll up on Instagram. And a lot of you guys really enjoy those episodes. And some of you don't really care for it. Or maybe it's the voice change or whatever it is. But we figured out a solution. I'm taking Sam's advice. And I'm starting a Patreon. Honestly, we've been wanting to do a Patreon for a very long time. But I feel like now is the right time. So June 15th, mark your calendars. You're going to be able to get way more content from me. All ad-free I'm doing giveaways. You'll be able to come on the show, co-host with me, um, send in your Q&As. We're going to have, it's going to be like a whole other world out there (laughs) on the other side. And I'm so excited for it. So again, market calendars, June 15th, it's happening. You can sign up for all that extra content. Thank you guys all so much for the support. You know that I cannot do this without you. And I appreciate you all so much. You allow me to be home with my daughter and raise her and also feel like I'm I'm sane and being um, just uh, and feeling fulfilled, you know, and, and I and I again, I could not do it without you guys. I love doing this show so much. I love talking with you guys and I hope that you guys 
um, are enjoying it as much as I am. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyhow, today's show, I have to say, is definitely one of my favorites. I have Jamie Rice, who is the host of the hit true crime podcast, Murderish. And she's also talking about her new series, Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime. And let me tell you, it is so fascinating. If you like true crime, if you like all that like crazy shit like I do, you're going to love this. She dives into a little bit about um, what the new series is about. And it is wild it's it hasn't been the case has not been solved yet um the woman is still out on the loose and you gotta you just gotta listen to it um and we also talk a lot about just girl chat and mom chat and um reality shows and so much more and it's it's a it's a really good listen so i hope you guys enjoy this episode Oh, I'm so excited for my next guest from the hit true crime podcast, Murderish, and here to talk about her new series, Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crimes. Please welcome my guest, Jamie Rice. How's it going? I'm so happy to be on here. Me too. My fellow 909er. We just figured that out in our our signatures in our email. We're like, wait. You're Hold a 909 or two. I so, know. I seriously like get so many people who still do not answer my phone calls today because they're like, who the hell is this 909 yeah, area code? Because I live in the LA area. Yeah, they're like yeah. spam for sure. And I don't blame them. Uh, where, but <laughs> Where were you born and raised? So I was born in San Bernardino, but raised in Redlands. And I lived okay. in Redlands my whole life. I went to Redlands High School. And um, it's like a cute, it's such a cute little town that's surrounded by not so cute areas i would say <laughs> yeah <laughs> As you i know. hear that oh yes i was in diamond bar do you know yeah. that area yes i do yeah totally so i mean it's... super not exciting areas i mean let's no. just say it not nothing really exciting <laughs> going on there i guess there's hills there are hills um <laughs> there are lifted trucks and and uh black socks and um flat bill hats <laughs> i will say i used to be one of those back in my I... high school days girl i did too <gasps> I oh was so into like the whole like skater shoes. Did you have the two-tone hair? <laughs> I had the two-tone hair. Girl, I had the chunky blonde highlights yes. as well in the yes. 90s. <laughs> Me too. I had Looked a like lifted a truck. Yes. <laughs> And I'm five foot. Do you want, I mean, me getting into my lifted truck every day in high school, everyone would literally like take videos because it was hilarious. I had to like, oh I needed gosh. a little stool, but I loved that, it. Okay. Well, maybe you, if you were wearing those platform soda uh, flip flops, maybe yeah. that helped you a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. By the way, the good old days. Girl, let me tell you. And look, all those fashions <sighs> are coming back. So like I tell my, I have a 19 year old and I'm like, girl, I should have just kept my whole wardrobe because you would be For styling. You, yeah. Yes, but with the belts and the oh, all the things. All the things have come oh, back. My, so where do you live now? Are you so local? So I'm in the LA area. I'm up near uh, Magic Mountain in Santa Clarita. You are far. Yeah. feels. I mean, LA is like its own country. <sighs> so yeah. if you're in the LA area and you're not in Santa Clarita and you're like in the west side or whatever, it feels like it's another country. It, it does. I mean, you you might as well be, especially with yeah. traffic. Oh, God, with traffic, it literally is another country. Yes. Do you ever get down to Orange County? Oh, yeah. I love Orange County. And so okay. being from Redlands, like the Inland Empire, as you know, th- those are the beaches that all the people from the Inland Empire go to yes. versus like LA beaches and stuff. Usually like we would spend so much time in Newport Beach, Laguna Beach, Huntington Beach. Like, yeah, I love Orange County. It's so nice. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's so nice. 
Um, okay, let's just get into that. I have so many questions for you in your show. So I was just telling you right before we started recording, um, I'm, I just hired a new nanny and today was her first day. And mind you, Piper is... She's, I don't know, I can't, I don't know how to describe her. She's just like her own individual, very sassy girl. She's mm-hmm. two and a half. And um, she was very excited to meet this new nanny, but I didn't know anything about her. And so I was like, well, I'm going to go record for an hour. And I was like, you know, do you want to take her to the park? Do you want to walk around or just hang out at the house? And she took her to the park and I was, and I called her just to let her know, hey, I'm going to record and just text me if you need me. And she didn't answer. And then oh, she God. didn't answer. <laughs> and oh, then God. I became like that crazy ex-girlfriend <laughs> that like calls 10 times. Where and then she finally... are you? <laughs> yes. And then I had just listened to your podcast and I was like, oh my God, was she kidnapped? Did someone take her? Did oh, she my plan God. this? Did she, is she working with someone and they wanted to like, <laughs> just like want a little blonde, blue-eyed baby? I don't yes. know. I went, I went to like oh. the deepest, darkest of places, but she answered and she's fine and they're at the park and she's eating pretzels. But that's so there's what, that. Okay, so I'm so glad she's at the park eating pretzels, but I... <laughs> totally share that I I have an eight-year-old as well. And I think I told you before we started recording, I went to pick her up yesterday in the carpool line and I'm just like making conversation with the carpool line ladies. Oh, hey, how you doing? And then next thing I know, the school is like emptying out. And I'm like, Where's my daughter? Somebody took somebody took her off the playground. Somebody took her from the playground. This it's is it. terrifying. It terrifies <laughs> you, but it's like that's what happens. You listen to so much true crime, and yes, I think we like learn so many good lessons from listening to true crime. But it also makes you a little bit paranoid. Yes, I, I don't agree. Know. Wait, so where was she? <laughs> Yeah, she was there. She was just taking her sweet old time. <laughs> the last like, one walking out. You're yes. like, you gave me a heart attack. Totally. Well, and, you know, in lieu of everything that's going on, it's just, it's a really yeah. scary time. And I think that, you know, we, we're just hugging our babies a little bit tighter um, every day. And it's just, Definitely. it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is um, scary. It, it really is. Uh, but so how did you even get into true crime? So uh, I've always been into true crime since I was a teenager. Like my mom and I used to watch trials on court TV and talk about cases. And so I was always into it. I would read books on serial killers. Um, I would get Saturday school and then just like binge a book. Back back when we binged books. Yeah. You know? Like <laughs> yeah, Netflix when that was a wasn't thing. a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would get Saturday school. So you'd be like in this auditorium for four hours and you all you could do is read a book and like sit there. So I would read all these like serial killer books. So fast forward to a few years ago, like seven years ago, I had this crappy commute all the way from Santa Clarita to Beverly Hills every day for work. And it was like the worst commute on earth. And then I walked in one day all flustered. My coworkers like, dude, you need to listen to podcasts. I'm like, what's a podcast? I had no yeah. clue. And it was such a game changer. I started binging, of course, every true crime podcast imag- imaginable, comedy podcast. So... Then fast forward a little bit after that, I got chosen to be a juror on a first degree murder trial out here in Santa Clarita. Were you like, this is my dream? Girl, let me tell you, (laughs) I did try to put it off for 30 days because I was busy at work. And I also thought like, there's a chance that it's going to be some stupid like traffic violation. Uh I don't know, just something that I do not want to sit through. So I tried to get out of it. I filed for an extension, but the extension only lasted like a month. And then you have to call in like a month later. And lo and behold, they're like, yep, you got to report to the San Fernando Superior Court on this date. This was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I sat through this two week murder trial. We ended up convicting the guy. And (sighs) yeah, it was just a really, really sad case. A man who murdered his wife in their apartment here in Santa Clarita. 
And um, have you done an episode on that story? I did. And so that's kind of like I had already been researching how to start a podcast because I was like, you know what? I'm really into true crime. I love storytelling. I love, you know, learning about these cases. So after I went through that trial, I was like, you know what? That's going to be my first episode. And I launched the podcast just a few months after that experience. And that was my very first episode. It's called Arvizu Murder. And um, I just kind of tell the whole story from a juror's perspective, being inside the courtroom. And it's a really, really fascinating experience, but it is so draining. And it's just so sad. It's absolutely... Do you feel really like difficult. you go back and forth as a juror, like, or do, you, or is it like a personality thing where you feel like, nope, he's he's guilty, I don't care, or or do you feel like you're torn? Like, are you an empath and you feel like, I don't know, maybe he had issue. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but how yeah. did you as a juror feel? So for me, it was really I tried to just put on my rational hat and get rid of any bias. But we're all human. Right. Everybody has bias. You know, like you walk in and you look at the defendant, they might be all tatted up and look, you know, mm-hmm. look rough. And you're like, well, he looks like a criminal. It sucks. But people think that way, you know. But no, I definitely tried to come at it from I'm going to listen to the defense. I'm going to listen to the prosecution. What is the evidence? I'm, I'm going to listen to the, you know, eyewitness testimony Um or the witness testimony, and see if they're credible. And so I really tried to look at it from that standpoint. I did not go in there and think, this dude's guilty or he's Mm -hmm. not. But once you start hearing the details of this particular case, the prosecution had a very strong case. I mean, the defense barely had any thing that they could do to really say that he didn't do it. It was very clear that he did it. Yeah, so so it made our job... Yeah, it's not easy, but it, but the prosecution had a strong case and they presented it really well. And we deliberated. It was like a two-week trial. We deliberated for about two days um, and convicted him of first-degree murder. It was a really wow. heavy, heavy, heavy thing to do because even though like we all knew this guy's guilty, he did a mm-hmm. terrible thing, and he's really not that good of a person based on what's been presented during trial and his past, yeah. it's still... He's a human being, and and the verdict that we hand down is going to affect his life and the people's mm-hmm. lives who love him. It's a really, really heavy thing to do, for sure. That really is. I, are you following the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? A little trial? bit, yeah. I mean, you almost like can't can't not follow, <laughs> follow. it, right? Yeah. Like as everybody's talking about it. Holy shit, it's just wild, wild. Um, but yeah, I know enough to be dangerous about it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like just from what I, because I haven't really sat and like watched it. I'm just getting the bits and pieces from Instagram and, and what, I, what I'm seeing. I mean, it's sounding like the people are saying that Johnny Depp is, you know, not in the right, but he's not the crazy one in this situation. Yeah, and that's what I find so fascinating. Like if I were to put money on it, I would imagine, like in my eyes, I think they're probably both guilty of some physical yes. and and um, emotional, you know, violence. Like I really do think that they are both guilty of that, and that's awful. Like I really, I actually believe that Amber Heard probably was the victim of domestic violence, and and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But just in the court of public opinion, for some reason, Johnny Depp's got enough charisma that everybody's just like. She's crazy. We're team Johnny. And like, I can't really be like, oh, I'm team Amber. I'm team Johnny on this one. I'm usually somebody 
who definitely believes women when they say, look, I've been abused by my part. I really do. Um, But I think two things are true here. I think that she probably was abused. She probably took some missteps with him as well. But I also think she's an opportunist and somebody who who is a bit off and and enough so that people are like, look, we can't really sympathize with you. Mm -hmm. And that does suck. Like if she really was abused, Right. You want to have empathy for somebody, but I guess I think the public, it's really hard for them to find any empathy for her is what it seems like. Yeah, It's, and it's I, fascinating. It is. And I also feel like, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think he was innocent at all. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't do her any good when she has so much stacked against her. Yes. And, you know, she's writing in her journals, like Gone Girl, like literally verbatim. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Do you know that she has a baby with Elon Musk? Okay. Uh, she has a baby with Elon Musk? I thought they just had like a tryst. I didn't know. No, they, they basically went and did the whole embryo situation. They went to court. This is what I heard. And I could okay. be totally wrong. Someone has to tell me. But this is what I heard from a very good source. And they said that they basically had, when they were together, they made these embryos. And um, then when they separated, they had to go to court because he wanted those destroyed and she wanted to fight for them. She won oh. and she ended up with his money, with that money that she won from the trial, she ended up using that money that she said she was going to donate, like the three million or whatever yes, to charity. Yeah, she used yeah. that to basically get have the baby. So okay, she now has, that's wild. If that's true, that is definitely the first I've heard of it. But me dude, too. Like, and Elon and then Musk Elon is, is another paying, one. <laughs> and he's paying for her attorneys now, which by the way are not that great. So I'm wondering, no. Elon is either a genius because he's like, yeah, let me pay for your attorneys, and then they're yeah. going to suck, and this is just going to be like major payback. <laughs> Or I don't know, but I feel like this is all very, very fascinating. It is. And these are some wild characters. Like, I can't even imagine an Amber Heard and a and an Elon Musk in a relationship. Like, what does that even look like? Oh, I'm sorry, but they both like seem alien bit, talk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wild. Yes. Oh, God, I don't know. She definitely knows how to pick them or doesn't know how to pick them. Or they know how to pick her. I don't know. There's yeah. something. I, I mean, I, I guess I can see. You know, I mean, she's stunning. She's beautiful. Of course. Um, And if she comes off incredibly confident and I mean, I don't know, a little yeah. kooky. Men, yeah. love, men love kooky women. You know what? Some men are so drawn to the kooky women and yes. they just like they find it to be like a turn on. Yeah. You know, which is like, oh, my God, that just sounds so exhausting. <laughs> uh, but she's and you know what? It sucks too. like you say that, you know, Amber Heard is so beautiful, which I agree. She, she's she's fun to look at. Like, she's very pretty. Yeah. But like it sucks because even, you know, she's somebody it's, she's hard to empathize with. But then that goes down a path of women being like, oh, she doesn't even look that good. Look how ugly she looks in court. Oh, she's got bags under her eyes. And I'm like, oh, oh it's my awful. God, can a woman not have a bag under her eye? And <laughs> totally. like, she's <laughs> totally. And you know that she's probably doing that on purpose. She's probably not sleeping and yes. like intentionally trying to look terrible. Of course. For her case. It, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it just, the whole thing is absolutely crazy. Um, I can't get enough of it. I mean, I'm not going and seeking it out, but when I see it on social media and like TikTok, I'm like, oh, dude, my eyes are drawn. I know. You know, I and know. I'm just thinking, this is just wild. And, you know, Johnny Depp is just like soaking it all up. He's like bringing, what did he bring? Like snacks or something to the people outside? <laughs> did he? <laughs> something like that. He was already offered a movie. The guy's oh career God. is, is, totally going to take off after this. He'll be just fine. I agree with you. I don't think so, unfortunately. She's just, um, 
She's a little she's a little much, I have to say. She, she's a bit much now. Uh, hopefully that Aquaman uh, money is real good and she can live on that for a year or two here in L.A. But um, Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Hey, if it's a couple mil, that's not going to take her that far. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's By the way, isn't that so sad? Like three million oh at God. this point. You, you can't survive. I mean, you can't retire on that. In, in, no, in you can't. California. Like, no. And like I, I saw TikTok the other day and they're like, this is what you get for a million dollars in San Diego. And it was yeah. a dump. Uh-huh. I mean, Tell me that's about it. Just, I just bought a house. <laughs> girl, I know. And like here in L.A., I mean, that's a that's a super that's a starter home. A million dollars, yeah. which is really sad. It's just insane. I don't know how my kids I have a 24 year old and a 19 year old. Like, how are they going to buy? How many kids do you have? Wait, you keep throwing kids. Yeah, I know. Have? Kids, kids and kids. You have uh, an eight year old, a 20 year old. OK. Okay. Yeah, so and I have th- I have kids from three different decades. So I have a twenty four year old, nineteen year old, and an eight year old. So oh, three different decades. <laughs> <gasps> Bless you for doing that. I'm freaking out over them being uh, three years apart. Oh yeah, my kids have such space between them, and there's definitely. Um, do you like it like that? I do, and okay. I, I I think I can say that I do because luckily my kids are all super close. Okay. Like, and it's so cool because my older kids now like Facetime Stevie, my eight year old, and like they check in on her. Like she was in a you know in a talent show, and they're like, Shoopy, how'd you do? <laughs> and show me your dress. And they're like, it's almost like there's another set of parents. I love for that. my younger daughter, which is really freaking cool, and they're just all really close even yeah. though they're spread apart so I think if if they weren't close maybe I would have a different opinion but right. I'm lucky that they're all really close and it's a really cool dynamic between all of them I yeah. love that so much. well now you're making me want to wait 13 years to have another <laughs> I mean let me tell you girl there are benefits to it I, my, my older kids laugh though because they're like you're in a totally different place in your life than when you had us like Stevie has shit that we could have only like we would have never she gets away with literally murder like everything yeah, yeah. literally yeah and murder-ish. it's like you know I was more exactly murder-ish um, I was just I'm more established in my career now because it's been so many years I mean I was right. 19 when I had my son so I didn't have shit you know I was like a broke ass mom and um and then you know five years later I had my daughter and like you know I was still single like like single mom raising or no I was with I was with my high school sweetheart which sounds Mm -hmm. weird because he's not my sweetheart Uh, we do get along we're like have a great relationship and we like sweet ex sweet ex yes (laughs) exactly um but yeah no he was my high school sweetheart and we were dating and I got pregnant just right after I graduated high school um, and then had our son when I was 19 and made then you, made our, you grow up real fast oh girl yes and luckily yeah. I did enough partying in high school to where I didn't feel like I missed out too much yeah <laughs> my mom will be like my mom will tell you she's like oh my god I was such an asshole when I was a teenager but um I did have a lot of fun maybe and that was like get, God's way of saying yeah it's slow down it. girl yeah exactly yeah. have a baby it's fine yeah <laughs> oh and the girl if that if a baby doesn't slow you down I don't know what, what oh, tell me about it. it slows me down to the point where I can't get up and I can't get up in the mornings I'm so exhausted it's definitely like Gosh. being a parent is not for the faint of heart it is the no. hardest but most rewarding job there is it is it is it really is and I've I had a moment this weekend where I even posted on Instagram I felt defeated as a mom this weekend she uh my fiance we did things backwards too uh oh good for got you pregnant girl. and then yeah, yeah and who cares, uh, right by the way it's fine yeah it's I'm like so it's, fine it's so okay if anything <laughs> it makes me want to like either run down the aisle or run away from the aisle and you know Absolute. what I mean and who like uh, sorry, but it just doesn't matter. We don't need to be so traditional. Whatever works for you. Yeah. I feel yeah. like who are we to to tell each other what's right and what's not, you know? Yeah, we shouldn't. 
Yeah, and so and so uh, he was out of town this weekend, and I had her, and I had a lot of family around, but she was just like a true terrorist. Like, I've just never seen a child like this. And I mean, she brought me down to my knees where I was like, I don't know what to do anymore. And I just, I, I just like was like, I, I don't, I, I suck at this. Like, I'm just not meant for this. Like, oh, like, it sucks, man. We've I all know. been there. And then, and then you know, they do the one cute thing, and then you're like, oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay, you're perfect again. Yes. Okay. Forgive you. It's a, such a roller coaster. It's like, it and no really and no one can is. prepare you. No, and then there's the teenage years, which they completely like turn into aliens. Yep. I mean, I, okay, I I will say like I don't want to be like the stereotypical mom that's like, oh my god, all teenagers suck. My son was a hellion. Like, dude, what? aged me like ten years, and he still apologizes to this day. He's like, "Mom, I'm so sorry." He's like, "I was such an asshole." I'm like, "No, you were." I was going to write a book on why teenagers <laughs> are assholes, and it was inspired yeah. by you. Um, but then my 19 year old, like my daughter, was like so easy, freaking awesome. We were like best friends through her teenage what? years. You know, normally like, so it's easy. the opposite. I thought the girls right. were the crazy ones. That's what you you would think, but no, it was my son. So, and then like Stevie, my eight year old, like you said, your two year old is sassy girl. Same thing here. Like she. She is like that Sour Patch Kid commercial. Yes, like yes. first they're sa- first they're salty, then they're sweet. They'll cut your hair and then they're gonna yeah. hug you. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes. Stevie. So she's a toss up. Like I don't know what I'm gonna be in for when she becomes a teenager. But was I don't she even always know if I'm like that when it. she was even like like a toddler? Yes. Oh okay, yeah. So- she would be like disciplining her baby dolls. Yes. In a very and I'm like, um, that's going a little too far. Yep. <laughs> And then you're watching her and like, oh, so that's what you're picking up from me. Like, that's what I'm doing to you. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I know. I give her like these, like, like the devil eyes. And I'm like, I'm just oh, gonna. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, mommy mad. And I'm like, yes, mommy is mad. <laughs> like, yeah. don't, little shit. It doesn't even scare I her know. anymore. Now she's like, ooh, you're angry. It's like Lisa Rinna. Ooh, you're angry. Ooh, she she you're does so that to me. Angry. You're so angry. Oh, my God. No, that exactly. And Stevie, I'm like, you don't even know discipline. Like when I was growing up, I got spanked. Like I don't spank my kids. You know, that's just not how I just, I just, that's not how I'm raising my kids. And I'm like, girl, you don't even know discipline. Okay. Like the worst that happens is we raise our voice and send your ass to your room for like a few (laughs) minutes. Okay. Oh (laughs) yeah. No, I have to slap a little hand. I have to sometimes. Cause I'm like, you know what? I'm like, that's not okay. Like if she hits me or does something, I I, I do have to like, I slap her a little hand sometimes. And then she's like, mommy hit me. And I go, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And it's like you always feel so bad, but you do probably want your kids to have a little bit of like a healthy fear of you. Yes. So that they fear consequences. They do. You know, yes. because he's like, God, I don't, I, it's not like anything flies in this house. You know, I know. you can't say whatever the hell you want to me. And, and trust me, she tries. I and we know. battle. My husband just sits back and he's like, dude, she is your match. I'm like, <laughs> really? I know. And she's eight. <laughs> oh, is she a uh, daddy's girl? She's a daddy's girl because he's good cop. I'm bad cop. Me too. Yeah. And like, it's so annoying. It's so freaking annoying. But I'm like, look, it's going to come full circle because yeah. my other, my older kids are super close to me. Like we're all like all besties. And not to say my, me and my eight year old, she rolls with me everywhere. She would be here right now if, if yeah. she wasn't in school. Like we go everywhere together. We laugh. We sing. Like she is one of my little besties, but she's definitely a daddy's girl and she knows who to go to when she wants ice cream after yep. she just had ice cream, you yep. know, but 
Yeah, I feel it, like it is what it is. I feel like it's hard when they're little because I, at least for me, I'm like a stay at home mom, right? I'm working from home, you know, podcast yeah. from home. And so I think that she's with me all day. And then when daddy gets home, it's like, oh, finally, someone yes. new that can play with me and roll on the fr- like ground with me. And I just can't do that all day. Like I will no. go crazy. I'm not that kind of mom. No. And by the end of the day, and you're exactly right, because I'm the same way. Like I'm the one who drops our daughter off. I'm the one who picks her up. And after I pick her up, I bring her to my studio and she's here while I'm working and yeah. recording. So she spends so much time with me that it's not like as special right. as when daddy gets home and she's like, yes. dad, you know, and then that's when he saves me and all of her little stuff that she creates in the backyard and wants us to go look at. He's the one to go look at it. Yes, mom's exactly. <laughs> so tired, so freaking out. done. And mom's watching Housewives. You exactly. Know, like, I'm busy. So she listens <laughs> in on, on all your shows. Or she's she listens to your she, show. She listens to parts of them. I mean, obviously, some of the some of the murderish episodes are just not for her. Like okay. there's like sexual I was gonna assault say. and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah, she does not listen to that. But she's definitely heard me record before. She told her teacher one day in a Zoom when when all the kids were doing so, online yeah. for during the pandemic, and I was like sitting there typing on my computer. She's over here on her laptop, and the whole class is there. And all of a sudden, like my my, my knife logo in the background, this oh, thing was hanging right. up on the wall. Yeah, and one of the kids is like, "What?" that stevie's like oh it's a knife don't worry my mom's not a murderer she's just murderish but she talks about murder on her podcast <laughs> and she kept saying like murder 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 and the teacher's all uh, uh stevie stevie stop you know cut it out cut it out <laughs> cut it and, and, and so then the teacher's badly. like, and the teacher's like, where can I find the podcast? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> later. Yeah. Exactly. You just got a few more followers on your show. Totally, because she totally fits like my listener demographic, yeah. like to a T. But she was like, uh, uh, stop, stop. So then I had to make sure that like they can't see a knife in the background during a class. Oh, I guess that's hilarious. not appropriate. But yeah, oh, Stevie's gosh. like my biggest promoter. Like we'll go through Starbucks, and they'll be like, oh, what are you up to today? And Stevie's like tapping me on the shoulder. Tell them you're recording a podcast. Podcast. Tell them that you have a podcast. I'm like, she's, okay. She's your little PR gal. Oh my god, dude, she, love is. That. <laughs> she is. How do you get inspired to do each episode? And how much? I mean, I listen to the to the episodes. They sound like I could be watching Dateline. I mean, they're so professionally done. They're so well Thank thought you. out. How do you? How long does it take you to do it? And how much research? And like, how do you pick them? So there, so how I picked the cases when I first started like four and a half years ago, they were all cases that I was always interested in my whole okay. life, but just didn't know enough about. So I covered all those cases. And then I started having listeners just like email me or, or DM me like, hey, maybe you should cover this case from my hometown. Okay. So it's kind of evolved into now. It's just I get so many DMs and like emails of cases to cover. I, I keep like a Google sheet. And I, yes. we just go off of that sheet. And in the beginning, like for the first, you know, year and a half, it was just me, you know, researching, writing, finding the cases. But then I got wise and I'm like, hey, look, I'm overwhelmed. I'm about to have like podcast fade. So I kind of hired a team. So now I have researchers and writers who work with me. Amazing. And so sometimes they'll pick their own cases. And we have this whole system where we work together. And it's just absolute. I don't think I would have a podcast today if I didn't have a team it's, helping yeah, me at this Yeah, it's so point. much work. It's, just, it's a lot. Yeah. It's so much work. And, um, and you yeah, can't as far get, as the time And you can't takes, get these things wrong because it's, I mean, it's literally no. factual information. You cannot, like, screw yes, that up. you can't fudge the information. And you want to be really, really delicate with it because if you do get it wrong, you're talking about, like, a really sensitive subject. There are subject. There's family members out there who, right. who miss this person dearly. And, you know, it's just you have to really be careful 
with what you're putting out there. So yeah, and I take that to heart and all my, you know, I say all of my, but the researchers and writers that I do work with are all very well aware, like, we need to take this very seriously. It's a delicate issue. I want to always highlight the victim. As much information as you can find out there on the victim, let's highlight that and put that at the forefront. Um, and let's tell a full-bodied story. And for me, one of the goals in my podcast is, because I know when I listen to true crime podcasts, I don't listen to it for the the gore and the guts and the blood. Like that's That's not at all what I'm interested in. I'm interested in two things. I'm interested in the psyche of a killer. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to dive into that. Mm -hmm. But I'm also interested in learning how to be how to be, keep myself safer, especially as a woman. Yes. Women are just more vulnerable. That's what it is. So when when people listen to the cases that I cover, I absolutely think that they learn something. I hope they do. To, to like, don't let this be you, right? Yes, don't, absolutely. Don't, you know, take measures not to, to fall victim to a, a heinous crime. But yeah, it is a I really, really that. heavy subject for sure. But Okay, let's talk potty training for a second. <laughs> because uh, this has taken a lot longer for me than I thought. Um, so I'm definitely still putting Piper in diapers, unfortunately. Uh, but luckily, I have found an insane brand, which I feel like I am kind of sad that I'm barely finding out about them now. I wish I had been using them the entire time. They're called Coterie. And I'm telling you, these are some of the best diapers I've ever used. I kind of want to keep Piper in diapers for a while <laughs> just because they're so nice. They are the highest performing diaper on the market. I mean, they can soak up two to four times faster um, than any other diaper out there. And they're made with um, like clothing uh, grade material. So it gives your baby like a cashmere feel. So there's like no issues with, you know, diaper rash or any of that crap. I mean, it's literally been awarded the best diaper out there and and their wipes also oh i mean it's like the rolls royce these are the this is the rolls royce of diaper and wipes let me tell you and it's insane i like i said i kind of want to keep her in diapers for a while <laughs> because they're just so nice and the packaging is beautiful and it's just all of it is so so great and you guys will not regret uh getting these for your babies right now Coterie is partnering with my podcast to offer you guys 20% off your first order plus free shipping. So go to Coterie.com and enter code HUMBLE at checkout to get your discount order today. That's Coterie spelled C-O-T-E-R-I-E.com and promo code HUMBLE for 20% off and free shipping. That's Coterie.com promo code HUMBLE. I want to talk about kids and learning and all of that right now for a second, because I think it's just so important, especially for me. You know, I have uh, what a two and a half year old and she's not in school yet, but I want to do activities with her that I can do from home and things that she actually wants to do where I don't have to spend a fortune on classes where, you know, she's going to have to go for uh, three or sign up for three weeks and then she goes for one class and then hates it. <laughs> but Luckily, we have OutSchool. And OutSchool offers basically live online and like interactive classes for kids ages 3 to 18. Um, and with the like the wildest variety of subjects and teachers, honestly, they it, this is like a game changer for your kids. So classes basically explore every interest that you can think of. And 
um, like and some that you honestly can't even think of, like karate, video game design, and how to become a YouTuber. Um, you can choose the class size, the instructor, the teaching method, and the group setting, and giving your kid, honestly, the learning experience that works best for them. I know for Piper, we just signed up for like a little Encanto ballet class, and it was so cute, and she loved it, and it was easy, because it's just like online, the comfort from our own home, I can do it with her, and it just switches it up. So this was honestly, so great, especially for me. I don't have to think about it. I can just go online, pick the class or pick the activity, and then she loves it. And we can do it together, or she just does it by herself. Out school brings kids together around their shared interests, helping them fall in love with learning, build confidence, and make new friends. Out school helps kids explore their interests and discover new ones. Right now, for a limited time, you'll save. $15 on your child's first class when you go to outschool.com slash humble and use code humble. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash humble and use code humble to save $15 off your child's first class. Outschool.com slash humble code humble. Okay, I know I talked a lot about probiotics a while back, and I've been getting a lot of messages in my DM of like, which one do you use? Which one do you use? Um, so here it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of break it down for you guys. It's called Just Thrive, and what I think is so important about um, probiotics and using a really good brand is that, to be honest with you, a lot of the probiotics that that you've probably have seen or used before. Um, like the ones that say that, oh, they have to be refrigerated or whatever. They all die in your harsh stomach acids before it even actually is supposed to give you the, the what it's and, and do what it's supposed to do. That's just that's just the reality of it, which sucks because, you know, now we're buying things that aren't even working. But that's why, honestly, I'm a huge fan of Just Thrive Probiotic. It is 100% alive in your gut and it's ready to go to work. And honestly, you can feel it. And let me tell you, it works. I'm obsessed with it. I've I've DM'd you guys with it. Um, it's it's just it it's a no brainer when it comes to like my morning regimen. And so I really really highly recommend it. They're vegan, non GMO, gluten dairy, soy formula, for, you know, all everything free. <laughs> and um, and it supports like good skin and better sleep and easier weight management. I mean, it's it's definitely providing you with a better immune system and controlling gas and constipation and bloating. If you have all those issues, I'm telling you, you need to get a probiotic today. So uh, thousands of customers have been have been using this. Uh, I think you guys need to just honestly jump on board and support your immune system and honestly your overall health with Just Thrive. Get 15% off when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code HUMBLE at checkout. It's going to really, really change up your day-to-day routine, I'm telling you. Um, also, 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. Uh, so it's definitely good to just constantly be on top of that because that can cause eventually a lot of issues and you just don't want that. So eliminate it. So go get 15% off when you go to Just Thrive. Uh, health.com and use code humble at checkout. That's justthrivehealth.com and use code humble at checkout. Uh, do you ever feel like, okay, I'm done? Like this is just too much or no? Do you love it? I absolutely love it. But if I'm being honest, I've been done a few times, but, yeah. uh, but it always goes away. It's just away. so heavy. It is so heavy. And especially when 
somebody has an opinion and they're really fucking mean about it, excuse my yeah. language, yeah, but no, we all get that, right? As, yes. When you put yourself out there, there are, so, and, and I have to say, the by criticism, large, yeah. yes, the messages that I get are nine times out of 10, they're positive and people are so encouraging and they're amazing. But it only takes that one a-hole mm-hmm. to ruin your day and say something really mean. It's like, I think I have a really thick skin, but I do take some I of don't. this stuff to, you know, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't read reviews. I don't, anymore, because you know why? For me, I've, I've decided that if somebody isn't going to email me directly or DM me directly so that I know their identity right. and say, hey, Jamie, want to give you some thoughtful criticism or, hey, I was really offended when you said this on your podcast. Here's why. I will take that into consideration and I will probably reply mm-hmm. as long as they're nice and they're not rude and, you know, but if you're going to go leave an anonymous um, review and just say, this chick sucks. I hope nobody listens to her, you right. know, or whatever. Right. Screw you. I don't want to, I, I don't need to, to take that into account. Well, so. I think people really need to understand though too. I mean, look, I love feedback, right? I am all mm-hmm. about feedback. I will message everybody back, but yeah. And I, and I loved reviews at first and I was like, okay, I hear you. I see you. I can't respond to you, but I, I hear you. And right. then I got to the point where I was like, wait a minute. Like I, I can't, I, I can't respond to everybody. Everyone's going to have an opinion, but also sure. they have to, they have to remember this as like, it's like when you, a, a Yelp review for a restaurant. Yeah. If you say, Hey, their chips sucked or this or their, their, you know, service sucked, whatever it is, you could potentially take down a restaurant. Like if True. reviews are bad enough, no one's going to want to go. You close down someone's business and literally like th- you close down their business Agreed. This is the same thing. This is our business. Yeah. This yeah. is our job. This is how we make money. This is how we survive. And so someone's, you know, having a bad day and they comment, you know, they're annoying or they don't know what they're talking about or they're dumb. It's like, it, it not only, okay, I get it. Do you feel better now? Because now you just ruined my business, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it just sucks. It, it's, yeah. It does. And I totally hear you on that. And the thing is, I'm not perfect. You're not, per- like, I'm going to make mistakes. Totally. I might say something on the podcast that, that, pisses somebody off or they think is incorrect or or I pronounce something wrong. All those, there are valid criticisms. My podcast yes. and me, we're never going to be perfect right. ever, ever, ever. But when you go on and you say like, oh my God, she just sounds like a this or that. Like her voice nobody is should annoying. listen to her. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, it's wait, like, what? You know, and now you're going to, you're literally <laughs> instructing the world. Don't listen to her. Like I get it yeah. if you don't want to listen, but like, right. why are you telling it? You know, and I don't even know if anybody listens, you know, when somebody says that. Right. So yeah, there are valid criticisms and I absolutely hear them and I've taken them into account and I, that's fine. And there it's, I think it's more the way that you approach it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like there are times when I listen to a podcast and I'm like, you know what? I, it's not I, for there's me. a podcast. It's mm-hmm. not for me. And I don't leave reviews. Like mm-hmm. I leave positive reviews to help my friends and podcasts that I love, of course. But I really don't, unless somebody is on their podcast just being like crazy racist or like yes, just right. a, a massage, like just crazy, then maybe I would go and be like, all right, one store, one star. This guy's just horrible for these reasons. But I actually, don't even remember ever leaving a one star, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. I just move on. Yeah, I exactly. just move on. It's not for me. You know, it doesn't affect but, my world. It doesn't affect me. So yeah, let them do their thing. 
Yeah. And, you know, it's just like it's social media, too. You know, you can get caught up and it's it can be a really dark place, which I think is super dangerous for people who are feeling vulnerable or feeling down or who Mm -hmm. already have like mental, you know, health issues. And then they go on Instagram and they see all this toxicity. And it's not to say that it's all toxic because there are good things about social media, you know, that I that I find on a daily basis. But it just it can suck so bad sometimes and people can be so evil and so mean. And mm-hmm. we're like in a takedown, like cancel culture phase right now where we love, especially women. I don't know why, but people love to take a woman down many notches when yeah. she's doing yeah. well. They yeah. love to see her fall. And it's I think that's really sad. I mean, it's yeah. sometimes it's warranted. There are like I always say like, OK, um, Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, uh, these <laughs> right. kind of people. Cool. Let's cancel those motherfuckers. Let's exactly. Like, cool. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yep. Don't feel bad. Go live on an but, island by yourself. Goodbye. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're horrible. Never yeah. want to see you again. Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know, a podcaster who slips up, uh, uh, I'm just making this up, but like slips up on their podcast and I don't know, says something that's offensive, but then immediately apologizes and corrects their behavior and is like, look, I, you know, provide some context. And then, like, we can forgive. Yes. It's okay. We don't need to, like, tear that person down. Totally. I I completely agree. I think people make mistakes and we're constantly learning from our mistakes, as long as we're learning from it, right? I mean, if you are consistently doing the same thing, then it's like, okay, clearly, like, you're just, you're either you don't care <laughs> and that's just like your personality yeah. fine but um you know like uh like recently like the tinks girl have you heard about her she's oh, like that, that sounds um, familiar she went viral on tiktok and then she like sort of blew up she does like all the, like, those funny like little videos with like the little mic in her the little mic in her hand okay yes is she okay hold on i is i wonder if she's the one that i'm thinking about she's like a young cute girl uh okay because i I see a few people doing that okay so what happened with her so she pretty much like became famous really like overnight to like the masses she always had a very large following still does but uh, i think a few tweets resurfaced a few things that she was liking resurfaced and mm. people were calling her out on it and we're like hey you know you were calling kim kardashian fat or you were calling these celebrities fat and you know uh laughing at just like inappropriate things and liking a lot of political like trump things and so people mm-hmm. just like totally went at her and she apologized and she said look i am constantly growing mm-hmm. i uh i feel terrible i should not have ever you know i mean she completely apologized Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like, at what point do you say, well, your apology is not good enough, so I'm just going to, can- you know, I'm going to cancel you. I'm not going to buy any of your stuff. I don't know. The right. whole thing is just, I don't know. When does and it stop? When does it stop? And see that you, you made, you exactly made my point is that like in her situation, it seems like she dealt with it appropriately. And it is totally plausible that somebody feels a certain way 10 years ago and says inappropriate things. Of course, we shouldn't be calling people fat. Of course, we shouldn't yeah. be like, you know, promoting anything like racist or any, any all this stuff that we know is just wrong. Um, but if somebody did that 10 years ago and they're in a different headspace and they've grown as a person and they truly just apologize and admit like, yeah, I was in a different place. I, I held different views back then. Right. I can believe that. I can yeah. absolutely believe that. You are not the same person. Think about when you were 23 years old. What yeah. you may have been putting out on social media, you know, like just we, our brains probably weren't even like fully formed. But like now it's like, oh, my God, no, this is how I feel. I mean, even two you know, years I, ago, I feel like before having Piper, 
I was a completely different person, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I yeah. think my views completely changed now being a mom. So, I mean, I, I just, I feel like yeah. we just need to be a little bit more empathetic to people and mm-hmm. just compassion and grace towards each other. I don't know why we have, I think we're all just so uptight right now and we're yeah. all like a little tense that we want to like just, you know, bring everybody down. But it's like, no, let's just all take a breath before you press send, before you hit like, before whatever. Just like think about it. Like breathe. Just think about it. You know? Yeah. Just- and then there's like, you know, there's people like I know you probably watch The Housewives, right? I used to. Yes. Some of it. A lot. Okay. Yeah. So I used to too. I'm on protest right now. I was yeah. just on Ryan Bailey's show and I'm like, bro, I'm on I'm on protest. I'm doing a show with him. I love oh, Ryan. He yeah. is so much fun. He's I just so met great. him. I was on his show last week and we're all on the same network, by the way. So yes, like, I you know, know. I love you're him. my new friend now, yes. which is so cool. Um but yeah, no, he he and I were talking about the housewives and I'm like, look, and then there's people like Erica Jane. Like, sorry, she I don't have any empathy for her because she just keeps digging her hole. She's not an apologetic person. She's not she's just such an asshole. And, you know, look, I don't I'm I really don't believe in cancel culture unless you are like a Harvey Weinstein or like a Bill Cosby. (laughs) Cool. But like even for Erica Jane, like she could go on tomorrow and have a change of tune and be like, look, I'm really sorry. This and that or whatever. And, And if it was heartfelt, cool, don't cancel her. But like, I'm sorry, it's it's really hard for me not to cancel her in my own mind because she's just so horrific in my opinion but yeah she just does not care about what anyone else Mm -hmm. thinks a part of me almost feels like we're all human and I think at like the core of all of us we all really do care and sometimes it's the ones that care the most that end up being like I don't give a shit and I'm this and you remember in high school it was always like the most insecure ones that were the the biggest assholes so part of me feels like is this all just a, a pure like facade and this is like her alter ego coming out every time, but at home she's crying her eyes out and she's just like, right. I, like everyone fucking hates me. Uh, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It could just be like a defense mechanism because yeah. she's got these deep insecurities, but she's masking it by, you know, putting out this really tough front and like, I'm this boss bitch, you right. know, fuck you. But you, you never sound, know. You like, sound yeah. just like her. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I mean, don't. No, no, that's not a compliment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, but you never know. And I guess maybe I just, I try to see like the good in people. Yeah. And it's just like, it's obnoxious, especially after everything that happened in that case. But I feel like, you know, and and Bravo yet won't fire her, but they'll fire Stassi and all the other girls from Vanderbilt. Exactly. Vanderbilt. So it's, it's hard so to say true. like, where do you draw the line? It's all very gray right now. It is so gray right now, and none of it makes sense. You're exactly right. Like Stassi and what's her, uh, Kristen Doty, they all got fired. Yeah. Um, and maybe it was warranted, but like then there's Erica Jane. Yeah. Spewing all her hatred yes. and just being so inappropriate. And she is being a bully, you know, on, right. on TV, you know, for all of us to see. And saying these awful, awful things and treating people so, so badly. But, but for them, it's they, ratings, but, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. But like she's the actually – a major reason why I actually just can't even watch anymore. I get really, yeah. And I've like I told Ryan Bailey, I'm like, look, I hate to use such a buzzworthy word, but like I am really triggered by Erica Jane because I can't jump into the TV and t- give her a piece of my <laughs> mind. And I love um, Garcelle and Sutton because they're the only ones who are pushing back on her. But to me, it's just not pushing back hard enough. Like right. she needs to be put in her place and because she's so awful but like she just gets to say whatever she wants and nobody really does it goes I, against her does anyone do you think any who do you think what other house well, maybe bethany frankel could put her in her place 
Oh, I would. Okay, so I love that you brought this up. Uh, my best friend and I are like Bravo. You know, we we yes. watch all this Bravo stuff, and me and her are like, girl, if Sheree Whitfield. <laughs> Oh, honey, Erica Jane, I would love to see you. Uh-uh, who gonna check me, boo? Yeah. Erica Jane is not gonna check Sh- Maybe Sheree Maybe just Whitfield, pick her up right? and put her in Atlanta and then yes. and then see what the Atlanta <laughs> girls, what they do with her. Although, who knows? What if they're like, yes, she's she's a she's a real, like, I don't make, who knows? What if they love that, that she's so oh. sassy? Oh, my God. But if she treats, see, she treats Sutton the way she does because Sutton's easy. Sutton's weak in her eyes. Like, Sutton's not really gonna do much back because she's just like a southern you know yeah lady or whatever but again like a sheree whitfield honey a needy leaks no <laughs> bethany frankel and she no. hasn't been invited to one of those girl trips right erica hasn't been on any of those oh my god no but can you imagine oh I, her I, trying I, to get along with these other like oh it'd be boss so ladies? good i feel like her bethany oh. um who else you pick them out uh, oh yeah um um, Anini Leaks. Yes. Nini Leaks. Uh, t- uh, Teresa Giudice. Yes, right. Um, think about and by the just way, those even, women. And then maybe even Heather Dubrow. Oh, my God. I hate Heather Dubrow. I'm sorry. I, I hate to say hate. <laughs> I shouldn't. I'm teaching my daughter not to say hate when it's not appropriate. Um, Heather Dubrow Do you Dubrow know that I worked with her for so eight boring. years, right? You did? I was, oh. I was her right hand for eight years, and then shit went no. sour. Oh, okay. Hold on. We got to talk. Can I just tell you, she's one of my least favorite housewives. And you can even check with my best friend on that. Oh, like, yeah, that's she so funny. She is one of my least. I don't understand why everybody gets so excited to bring fancy pants back. To me, I think she has the biggest stick up her ass. And she's so boring. <laughs> She's I mean, so boring. I, I'm like not even Sorry. allowed to like legally talk about her. So mm-hmm. I will just nod my head. Uh, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I hear people. It's, it's like a love hate. And even when I was working with her, people either really loved her or they or they just fucking hated her. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. She just has that thing, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I just don't think that the whatever thing she has, I'm like, she cannot carry a show. And I, she I to me. She doesn't add any interest for me. Yeah. I just don't see it. Um, but people were like, oh, fancy pants. But I don't think that her latest OC season got very good ratings. Yeah. So I don't, think I don't so. know. I, I was don't know. just yeah. thinking I was just thinking people who would who would try to like put her in her place that literally don't give a shit. I don't know. I just feel like all those girls together would be very interesting. They would be very interesting. I mean, again, Jennifer Aiden, I don't really favor her, but Which she would be she? interesting. She's in um, New Jersey. Oh, she. Oh, and oh she's right, right, right. The one with the plastic. married to Bill Aiden. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Oh, yeah, her I don't know. She's kind surgeon. of. She's kind of. A she's annoying. shitty. Yeah, she's kind of annoying. She's she's, she's an a hole. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I'm Team Marge. Excuse me. <laughs> By the way, look at um, us. Look at us talking <laughs> shit. That these are our reviews. <laughs> We're gonna fight. <laughs> We're gonna put them out of business. Oh my god! <laughs> hey, but at least we're sh- at least we're doing it without anonymity, right? We're That's like, true. I'm, I'm standing by it. But look, here's the thing: they they have acted like a holes on TV. Like they have a pattern of assholery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm Which, sorry, you make your bed, but, you lay in but it. But I will say this: I feel like that also is what keeps them employed. Yes, because yes, so, of course. And and Tamara, you know, Judge always says like she played, a, she knew what she had to play, like a role that she had to play, because right. it's what brought her, you know, it's what made her the money. And that's what it, you're exactly right. Like I think these women create the drama and really play it up because that keeps them on the cast and yes. they make 
good money after their first couple of seasons. Yep, exactly. You know, on the Housewives. So yeah, it just it's so interesting. And of course, I think that producers probably step in and be like, "Oh, Erica, you should confront so and so on this," and then it creates a scene. They like, do. By the way, producers definitely. I mean, I I witnessed it. I was there. They definitely yeah. like to get in your ear and say like, "Hey, you know, maybe you should um, say yeah. this." Or oh, they love it. And sometimes uh, the producers so, are the ones that really search shit up in the, behind the scenes and then it gets you riled up and then they get the camera on you and then you just go, you know, ape shit. Yeah, totally. And it's like, I, I love a certain level of like, yeah, I love to see the conflict on TV. But when it's just like the Beverly Hills thing, for me, it's just become so, honestly, it's been triggering because it's just been so dark and icky. And I don't, I just don't want, I want to see women, like that's why I love you know, the New York cast, say what you want about them. They're very entertaining, but they also like are true friends for the right. most part. Like right. they and they fight and they make up and they fight and they are friends in a real way. Beverly Hills are all fake. I'm sorry, but they are not besties. They are like fake friendships. And, and I think that you can shows. read that through. Yeah. And you can I think the audience can tell the the authenticity between like all the relationships and I feel like Bravo just needs to get better at that like like I think so too do a little chemistry test before you like do a whole season with casts because I feel like sometimes it just doesn't jive like Orange County did not jive like Uh -uh. yeah and then and then there goes a season you know yeah exactly Anyhow, speaking of new seasons. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great transition. I know, right? I'm a professional. (laughs) You really are. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) All right. Tell me everything about the new show. Yes. Okay. So it's called Dirty Money Moves, Women in White Collar Crime, and it's my new newest podcast. Um, it has been, I, it sounds cheesy, but it really has been like a passion project because I have a personal connection to the story. Um, and so essentially what happened was back in 2017, I had been working for a commercial bank down in downtown LA and I was doing commercial real estate financing, me and my little, my, my team. Um, and my team and I were really tight knit. Like we came to the bank bank essentially as a t- as a package. Okay. And I told Ryan Bailey the same thing. It's like we always used to joke if shit hits a fan at this bank, we're going to leave the same way we came in. Like we'll leave as a team. Oh, I love that. Um yeah, it, we, I, that was the only reason I was working there is because I love the people I was working with and for. Mm-hmm. But then in 2017, my colleague got a referral for a new client from an attorney. Now, the attorney's name was Barry Rothman. Barry Rothman was uh, an entertainment attorney for many, many years. He represented people like The Who, The Rolling Stones, Yolanda Hadid from The Housewives. So he had represented some really big names. And he was also like a referral source for my colleague. Like he would send him like, hey, I've got a client who wants to meet with you. They're looking for a $15 million loan or, or whatever. So in December of 2017, Barry Rothman, the attorney, introduced my colleague to a woman named Mary Carol McDonald. Mary Carol McDonald, according to Barry, was this very wealthy heiress. She was set to receive about $80 million uh, from her family's fortune in about a year. Mm. But she was also the CEO of Bellum Entertainment, which is a Los Angeles-based TV production company. And they had a specialty in true crime TV shows. Many of the shows you've probably watched were produced by Bellum Entertainment. So I was intrigued, you know, when I heard about her from my colleague, like, oh, she produces true crime TV and she's an heiress, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So Barry Rothman introduces Mary Carol McDonald to my colleague. My colleague takes a meeting with her and Barry and he brings our big boss, like the executive VP of our group. 
with him because she wants because Mary Carol McDonald was looking to get a fifteen million dollar loan. So after that meeting, um, uh, I had been hearing about Mary Carol McDonald and all. Of, we would have pipeline meetings along the way, like oh, I would you know every week you know, okay Jamie, what do you have going on? Oh, I'm working on mm-hmm. this loan for this person. My colleagues like oh, I'm working on this Mary Carol loan. So. In February or March, I would say, I think it was like February of 2018, so the next year, her loan was about to be approved by my bank and about to be funded. And right before that, we were in one of our pipeline meetings and my colleague was like, hey, you guys, Mary Carol's like really thankful for us putting this loan together for her. She's going to drive down here. She's going to hand deliver some homemade pies. And I was like, oh, that's weird because we didn't work in like a bank branch. Like... We worked in a commercial office that's on like the 20-something floor of a high-rise building in downtown yeah. LA. Clients never visited us. Like we would always go to our client's business location for whatever reason. Anytime there was a meeting that needed to be had, we go to them. They never came to us. So I thought it was odd that she was going to like fight LA traffic and find parking and this heiress yeah, this is going to drive million, down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it. Bring us pies. Okay, cool. Well, she did. So she walks in. We're in one of our meetings and I saw her walk in. And this is the one and only time I ever met the heiress. She walks in. She's got like an expensive handbag and in like, one how hand. how old is she? She's like, at the time, I would have said she was in her late 50s, early 60s. Okay. And now that I've researched her, she was about okay. that age. Um, and she was this like uh, kind of a tall white woman. She had blonde hair. She was in like a white button up uh, crisp collared shirt with the sleeves rolled up. She had like these blue jeans on that were cuffed at the ankle. She had this expensive handbag. It looked expensive and these two pies in her hand. So she looked the part. The part. Like, uh, like, yeah, she's, an, ex- she's an, uh, an heiress. You know, she's expensive. So I went out and I shook her hand, introduced myself. She gave us the pies. And I'm not a pie person, but like her pecan pie was the best <laughs> pie I've ever had. <laughs> I was like, damn. I went like face down in her pies. <laughs> You American pied that shit. Okay. I 100% hands tied behind my back. I just went in. So she brings us the pies, which was odd, but I was like, okay, that's cool. Well, a few weeks later, her loan actually did get approved and it was funded. And now it was a $15 million line of credit. And during the process, Barry Rothman was very pivotal in helping her get that loan from from the bank that I worked for because he kind of in the beginning, in the middle process, he he was the one providing all the documents to support her loan, like her tax returns, her trust documents to show that she is this heiress who's going to get $80 million soon and all this stuff. So he was very critical to her getting that loan. Once the line of credit was approved, she would then call our bank you know, speak to somebody in operations and go, hi, you know, this is Mary Carol. I'd like to advance $2 million on my line of credit. Go ahead and put that money in my checking account. They would do that. Then the next day she'd call back, okay, I need another million, put it in my checking account. So over the course of like a week or two, she had drawn down about $14 million Mm -hmm. of the $15 million line of credit. And every time in advance, you know, she calls in for an advance, that has to be approved by somebody high up in our credit department because these are large advances. So like even though her line of credit was already approved, each advance still needed to get Approval. a signature yeah. that it was approved. Yeah. So oh my she got about $14 million of the line of credit. Then something happened. Um, somebody from the bank was trying to reach her. She wasn't calling back. So our credit administrator, the guy who actually approved her loan, our chief credit officer, got really nervous. And he was like, you know what? Let me call and verify our collateral source and make sure that we're good to go in case she like doesn't respond to our calls and doesn't make payments. Uh We're good. 
because during the loan process as part of the loan agreement, Mary Carroll offered this investment account that she had at a different bank that had about $28 million in it. She offered that account as collateral for our loan so that if she didn't make her payments to us, we could go and take that money and be paid back in full. So our credit administrator, our chief credit officer, calls this other bank to verify, okay, let me just make sure that our collateral's all good. It's still there, just in case. He calls the bank, and they're like, "Uh, Mary Carol, who? She's not a client here, and she has no $28 million investment account. So he hangs up the phone, and he's like, shit. Shit. Oh, shit. Like, we've been defrauded, right? So that's when shit hit the fan. How did that that even get through? Okay. Yeah, you're asking the same questions that Ryan Bailey asked, that I asked myself, because this was a very notable bank that I worked for. They were multi-billions of dollars in assets, in size. It's a publicly traded bank. You could buy stock, you know, in the bank. It's not like they're stupid people who work there. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't like some rinky-dink little bank. It was a full-blown... So to this day, I just... there. If you listen to the podcast, you'll get a lot of those answers. and, and, And because it's just... That's a question I have. It's like, how did that even happen that we didn't secure our lean yeah. on that collateral source before we start advancing this lady money. It just, it's crazy. So somebody effed up, right? At yeah. the bank, somebody fucked up big time. So that's when we realized, like, okay, this is an oh shit moment. We've probably been defrauded. Of course, the first payment becomes due. Mary Carol's nowhere to be found. She doesn't make the payment. And from that point on, she ghosted the bank. Mm. She still has not been seen to this or day? heard from to this day since. What? She went on the run. Yeah, she left. So, but then why the bring the was, pies? Why why bring why even show her face? So, my researcher and I have talked about that and talked about and talked about that and what I think it, well what we found out is now that we've launched the podcast, so many people are flooding my DMs and emails like, "Hey, I knew Mary Carol. I have information for you. This this and that, which is so cool." Um somebody just messaged me on LinkedIn the other day and said, guess what? Those pies weren't homemade. She got them from this bakery in LA that she used to go get pies from and say that they were homemade. I'm like, are you serious? So she did. So so the the pies were not homemade. (laughs) She went and got them from a bakery. And so what I learned was- What's the bakery name? Because it's really, they were really good. (laughs) I know. He actually, I actually did ask him last night, what was the bakery name? And he's like, well, they're they're closed now. And I'm like, shit. Um, But yeah, so basically she would use the pies, not just at the bank, but I learned that she actually used the pies at least once to try and scam somebody. She brought him these pies, said they were homemade. And she says, hey, do you want to invest in my family's you know, gifting program with my family trust? That was one of her scams. She would get wealthy people to invest a couple million dollars into her family trust. And then she would pay them, allegedly, supposedly she was supposed to pay them dividends after like a year. Like, oh, if you invest $2 million, I'll pay you back $2.5 million in a year. It's just this whole, if you listen to the podcast, you'll kind of understand how she was doing that. But she would bring people pies to try and sweeten the deal. She used the pies to sort of like give her an air of legitimacy. Like, look at me. I'm this nice lady. I bring you homemade pies. You should give me all your money. She used the pies as part of her scam. What's the guy's name? Like her like liaison? Barry Rothman. Yes. What happened to him? Okay, girl, you're going to trip. So after she took... 
basically, like, after Mary Carol ghosted the bank, like, it was a shit storm at the bank because we had been defrauded. It was a big deal. My colleagues ended up getting fired because they brought her in as a client. Um, but guess what? We were all in a meeting right after all this happened. We were in one of our pipeline meetings. And all of a sudden, we find out that Barry Rothman dropped dead under bizarre circumstances. No. We heard that he died in the dental chair. No, in so the dental course, chair? I'm, yes. I was like, so it was I'm the like, pie. okay, hold on. She brought him a pie. Yeah, it was the pie. <laughs> <laughs> she laced it with shit Holy like that movie, The Help. Shit. So, so he drops dead. So we're all in shock. And of course, I'm like, dude, because she were you guys going to go to court? Killed. Were you guys going to like? Yeah, the bank was going to definitely yeah. pursue Mary Carroll. And he would have been part of it because right. we have all this evidence. Like he provided all the documents. How could he have not been in on the scam? Right. So he drops dead under bizarre circumstances. And we're like, she paid to have him killed because he knew too much or she didn't want to share the money with him. Right. So there was all these motives in my mind for her to kill him. We didn't know what was going on with that, but the bank um, senior management was so scared, they hired security guards to guard every entry point to our office for a couple of weeks because we didn't know if his death was nefarious and we didn't know where Mary Carol was. Right. So, like, is she going to come? Maybe we just, she had a plan of attack. Really, exactly. Who's yes. next? So, <gasps> right. So, um, fast forward to earlier this year. I So I left the bank like a month after all this happened because I was miserable. My team was no longer there. They'd been fired. And I that's the only reason I was there. So yeah. I left and I never went back to corporate. So like Mary Carol has affected my life in so many ways, whether she knows it or not. Like she's the reason that I no longer work in that career. But a few, I always had been obsessed with this woman when I left and I always knew I was going to deep dive into her, figure out who she really was. Was she really an heiress? Who's this Barry Rothman guy? Was he in on the scam? How did he die? Was it nefarious? Like I just wanted to research her and that's what we did. So about, you know, five or six months ago, we started researching this and we decided I approached Cloud10, our network and said, you guys, I have this story I'm obsessed with. What if I have a researcher who I already know and have worked with before? What if we get together and start deep diving on Mary Carroll to tell this story? And that's exactly what we did. And oh, my God, like this story is so much more wild than I ever thought possible. We have found so much information on Mary Carroll's childhood and on her past she is a prolific scam artist. We never knew. We found out, of course, she's not an heiress. And when she started telling that lie and why, we looked into Barry Rothman. He tr- he's he got ties to the Michael Jackson scandal. Wow. So Barry Rothman, yeah, like he tried to extort $20 million out of Michael Jackson back in the day. So he's got a colorful past. And then the two of them got together to get this loan from Bank of California. And then he drops dead. So Do you think they were researched dating? everything. I, got I don't think, th- oh my God, I don't think they were dating, um, but I just think that they are both two peas in a pod yeah. because they are, they're just not good people right. in my opinion. And they are, um, they are people who love a good scam, love to dodge financial responsibility. And they are just, I think they got together because they are like-minded in that way. And I think they got together thinking, you know what, we might just be able to pull this off together. And they did. 
Wow. Okay. um, When can we listen? When does it come out? I need to know. (laughs) I need to listen. Yes. So, oh my God, you can listen now. So Dirty Money Moves, we launched it a few weeks ago. We just were about to drop episode six tomorrow. Um, So we can go back and binge listen. (laughs) Yes. There's six episodes. As of tomorrow, there will be six episodes. It is a true deep dive into this woman, a self-proclaimed heiress, TV production, you know, CEO, um, this colorful entertainment lawyer who has ties to Michael Jackson. And we just deep dive into the story. We tell, a you know, from start to to finish. Um, and what's crazy is Mary Carroll is still on the run, essentially. Like, we don't know where she is. So what's, you know, we're trying to find her, obviously. Yeah. And there she's been indicted on six federal charges. So that's what's crazy is like, after she took the money from Bank of California, she was indicted by, you know, the, a federal prosecutor on six charges. So she, but she's on the run. I mean, and she's got to she be out of the country. for any of her court appearances. Okay. Maybe. She says she is. So she, the rumor is that after she took the money from Bank of California, that she fled to Dubai. And, but see... That's what Mary Carroll put out there. Mary Carroll's a big fat liar and manipulator. Oh, she's the one that she said that told she told <laughs> people. Yes. Yes. So I'm like, no, I don't believe a word she says because why if somebody doesn't want to be found, why is she gonna tell us no, exactly where she's she in is? the opposite she's not. of that? Yeah, exactly. Yes, whatever the opposite of Dubai yes. is. Maybe that's Redlands, California. I don't know. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Diamond Bar. Yep. <laughs> she's in. She's in Diamond Bar. Damn it. Oh my God. Now I feel like we. It's I need to see what story. she looks like so I can just like keep an eye out. You never know. <laughs> oh yes, and you know what's crazy is like you will literally maybe find one picture of Mary Carroll on the internet, and that's by design because she is very elusive, because she's been a scam artist for so long. I've been able to dig up two recent pictures. Um, and a bunch of pictures from when she was in college. But yeah, it's she's it, she's a fascinating and disgusting person, yes. you know, all at the same time. This is so juicy. Um, oh, my gosh. It's really juicy, really, really juicy. And, you know, she had legitimacy in the TV business for so many years. Like she was well, well respected. She worked for big media companies and in high positions. Um, but at some point, like she won a couple of Emmys for her work. What? At some point, that's what's crazy about her is like, she's not just some like person who came from some corner of the world and didn't do much. Like she actually was legitimate in a legitimate business for many years, but she was a scam artist at the same time. And she only got better and better and better over time. So it makes her really fascinating. And I keep saying this, but I truly think she's kind of like an Anna Delvey. Yes, exactly. I was just going to say that. Maybe maybe Anna Delvey knew about her and she like looked up to her. Yeah, she could learn. Anna Delvey could learn a thing or two from Mary yes. Carroll because Mary Carroll's been able to get like fifty million dollars. Yeah, you know. Yes, yeah, step it's it crazy. up, Anna. <laughs> yeah, come on, Anna. Hello. <laughs> oh my God. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I could talk to you I for hours. Appreciate you. Um, next time you're in Orange County, please let me know, and we can. I will. We can try to find um, her together. <laughs> That, that would be, yeah, we're going to find, you know what? Mary Carroll does have a yacht in Orange County. But, by, so but that's why I'm saying maybe, it because a lot of wealthy people come around this area. Yeah, I would imagine. It's called the C-Mac. So yes. if you see the C-Mac and you see Mary Carroll, okay. let me know. I'm going to look out for her. <laughs> Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you on Instagram or where? Yeah, definitely. So you can go to Murderish.com and you can also check me out on Instagram at Murderish Podcast or at Dirty Money Moves. Love it. Thank you so much for being on. Nice to meet you. Thank you, you Natalie. Bye. Bye.
Thank you all so much for tuning in. I told you guys that was a good one, right? I love her. I, she's so great. I can't wait to hang out with her. Uh, you guys, June 15th, it's happening. More episodes, uh, ad-free, giveaways. We get to hang out, all the things. I'm so excited. So make sure to keep an eye out on Patreon. And I will see you guys all next week. And remember, stay humble and stay hungry. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.